Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe and Big Al discuss investing strategies to utilize in trying times like these. And since they did such a bang-up job of explaining the five-year Roth clocks back in episode 255, today the fellas go over those withdrawal rules one more time. Well, actually, three more times. They'll cover some Roth mistakes and consequences, and they have a mea culpa for one of their peers. Yes, peers. But first, sports. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Been a interesting week to say the least hopefully everyone's safe uh, that's, that's yeah i mean that, that's the main thing at times like this we haven't really had too many of these types of things to go through we we've had other uh pandemics but they they've never really hit the u.s to this extent i would say right so um uncharted territory i guess for me anyway it is and uh you and I are sports fans, so we could talk about the market, but I'd rather talk about sports. You know what? Everything's canceled, so why even talk about it? Yeah, well, I want to sort of bring up what's canceled. So PGA Tour, uh, they're going to continue the tour, but with no spectators. March Madness, gone. Canceled. That was, March- uh, that's my favorite part of the year. I know it is, I yeah. Know. And, and in fact, all the college basketball tournaments for this weekend are canceled. NBA suspended their season. NFL teams are curtailing or stopping scouting operations. Yeah. So Major League Baseball, their opening days has been delayed by at least two, two weeks. weeks. Yep. yep. We got uh, NHL, National Hockey League, they're pausing their season. We'll see what that means. NASCAR the next two weeks are, is without fans. The IndyCar is to open the season without spectators. Major League Soccer is shutting down for 30 days. Hmm. So It'll be interesting just to um, watching the, the PGA Championship. They had fans on Thursday. Yeah, they did. And Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there's they're, no they're fans. They're not, right, because right, they just announced you know, they, they did that one time in Mexico. or I, It wasn't because of anything like this. It was just like really bad weather, and yeah. it wasn't really set up for it. Sure. And then like Tiger Woods hit a putt, and then he was like, he tipped his hat. And no one was there. <laughs> no one was there. He kind of felt like an idiot. He's well, like, that, yeah, I kind of tipped my hat to no one. Yeah, that happened uh, a few years ago. The Farmers Open in San Diego, the, they went to... Monday, and there was hard, there were fans, but not very many. It was very few. Is that when um, Jason Day won? Yes. Yes. Yeah. First playoff hole. Yep. Had to wait all night for that. I know. <laughs> all right, we got a, a lot of emails to go uh, through today. If you do have questions, concerns, thoughts, or anything like that in regards to our show, go to yourmoneywealth.com. You can ask Joe and Al on the air. So first one comes in from Kenny from Granite City. Uh, still loving the podcast, just as everyone else. Um, I saw my investments dip over the last three weeks and have a few ideas on how to capitalize on it. Was hoping Big Al and Joe could comment. Well, Kenny, I think this is a perfect time to read your email. He's got some ideas. Yeah, let's see what they are. So a little bit of a dip in his portfolio. Yeah. As, I'm sure. As most of us I'm have sure seen that. Unless you're, you were. Uh, kind of feel this way. Yeah, very conservative. Unless you're sitting in cash. Yep. All right, first question. Is now in. Opportune. Oppor- Oppor- I was going to say. Opportune time. Don't worry about it. Opportune time to perform well, my you, Roth conversion for 2020. Give me a little pause. I kind of worry there. Yeah, it's called a pregnant pause now. <laughs> It's called radio business. It wasn't a good spot for a pregnant pilot. <laughs> Got it. I know. Uh, I, you know, my eyes might be going bad a little bit. 
You I, mentioned oh, that last week, too. I know. God. Should I bring my reading glasses? Uh, you might have to. Yeah. You turn 35, and next thing you know, <laughs> everything kind of blows up on you. 10th anniversary of your 35th? <laughs> I haven't done it yet. So he wants to do Roth conversion. I haven't done it yet. My thought is that when, not if, the market recovers, it'd be the best to have the money to recover under the tax shelter of the Roth 401k. Um, let me answer that question first. Absolutely, Kenny. Um, I mean, Al, you remember 2008, we did most of our clients um, yeah, Roth con- conversions. A lot of conversions, and, and we were very clear about that. The, the, two, the, the times to do Roth conversion, first of all, when your tax bracket warrants it, that, that was number one. <laughs> number two is, is when the market is low, wouldn't you want to get those equity dollars in your Roth and have it grow that much more quickly, the, the recovery? So l- let's say the market's down 30%. So if you do a conversion, if you believe that the market is going to recover, and that, let's say, in the next year or two, that the market's going to be higher than it is today, then why wouldn't you do the conversion? Pay the tax, get it into a tax-free environment, and then let that conversion, I mean, let let the money recover in the Roth. Yeah, that... I it mean, it's an awesome idea. Is It's definitely the best time. And remember back when there was recharacterizations? We actually have had some clients do Roth conversions, even in the highest tax bracket, and have all equities in their Roth. They had safe money in their other accounts, so let's be clear. They didn't take any more risk in their overall portfolio, but they had all equities in the Roth. And if it went up, then we kept it in the Roth because they could afford the, the higher taxes because they had so much growth tax-free. If it didn't go up, we just recharacterize it back into the IRA and no harm, no foul. Just remember, when you're converting, right, let's say you convert $50,000, look at the shares of what you're converting. You know what I mean? Because now you're converting shares of stocks, depending on if you want to buy mutual funds, index funds, or individual stocks, it doesn't necessarily matter. But that share price is a lot lower. So you're able to convert. When you convert, those share prices are going to go up. So I would pay more attention to how many shares am I converting versus the price, because it could still go down. Yeah, You know what I mean? We don't know what the heck's going to happen in the overall markets, but you have X amount of shares in the overall Roth. And let's say over the next year or two years, do you believe that that's going to be higher than I would absolutely do conversions? Yeah, and I think what you said right off the bat is the key. If, if you believe the market's going to recover, and which we're generally in that camp, but there's no guarantees, right? right? No guarantees at all. But if you believe that, then that this is a fantastic strategy. All right. Uh, second question from Kenny. Um, I'm holding funds in my brokerage account for the purpose of dividend income. For those funds that took a large hit, but I still intend to hold, is it beneficial to sell my shares, wait five minutes, and repurchase them? Will this allow me to write out the losses on my 2020 taxes? Um, Another good tax strategy, Kenny, but you got to wait more than five minutes. Yeah, the IRS it's, is on to you. <laughs> yes. You could sell those, take the loss, uh, but there's something that's called a wash sale rule. You're going to have to wait 31 days to repurchase those shares or repurchase that particular company or stock or mutual fund. However, let's say if you have... Um, in, uh, let's say a large cap growth fund or something like that and it's down. You could sell that and buy a you know total U.S. market fund. So it's similar, but it's not identical. Yeah, you got to be very careful with those 
because the IRS scrutinizes. I mean, if it's pretty close, they might still call it a wash sale rule. So it's got to be a little bit different, but it still can be in the same kind of family. Yeah, and the 31 days, the, the rule is this. You have to wait 30 days before you buy the next stock, which means the 31st day you can actually buy that stock. Now, something else that trips people up, and, and it's really not very clear in the tax code, is if you... Um, if, if you, some people want to sell in their qualified account, non-qualified account to get the loss, and then they rebuy it in their retirement account, so they have the same, same, can't do that. Yeah. Can't do that it's at all. It's still a wash sale rule. Still wash sale rules, although IRS has a hard time catching that, to be honest, but you're not supposed to do that, so don't try that one. So you can't wait five minutes, you got to wait um, a month, yep. 30 days. So I like where your head's at, Kenny. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and, oh, and, by, and by the way, those losses, those are capital losses, so those go against capital gains. It's not an ordinary loss. So if you don't have any other capital gains, then you only get to take $3,000 and the rest you carry over to next year, and the carryover is indefinite. So some people think they got $50,000 stock loss and they can write it off against their salary, and, and you can't. It's a different kind of a loss. But think of it like this, Kenny. So let's say you're taking that loss and then you're repurchasing something else. Um, you, you sell some dividend paying stocks and then you buy like a high dividend, you know, ETF, whatever. Um, and so, but when you sell other investments to create income when you retire, uh, those hopefully will be at a gain as the market recovers. So those gains will offset the losses that you occurred today. So let's say you're not retiring for five years and you and you have a $50,000 loss, $100,000 loss, whatever it is. That, like Al said, that will continue to go indefinitely until you use it all up. So if you're retiring in five years, you can bank those losses. They'll take 3000 of that loss each year, write it against ordinary income. But now you have a larger loss that will offset against capital gains, so you can create a tax-free income from this. So you're doing a conversion, right? Market's down 30%. Do the conversion. So when that recovers, all of that money is going to come to you tax-free. Start doing some tax-loss harvesting in your other accounts. Create those losses there. And then when the market recovers and you start taking dollars from that, those losses will offset future gains. That's going to be tax-free. So all of this works if the market recovers. If it doesn't, you're... <laughs> That's a different story. It's a different Well, it'll be a, a bad story for all of us. Yeah, right. All right. So he's got a few additional comments. I had recently asked if I should ignore the Roth 401k because my state, Illinois, does not tax individual retirement accounts. Um, I've subsequently learned that this also applies to Roth conversions. So, yes, it's beneficial for me to perform a Roth conversion. All right. Well, thanks for the comment. Kenny, um, was it Kenny saying I would never do it? You would. He would never do it because the the the, the state tax, the four hundred one k is tax free in Illinois, at least for the state tax. Right. If you take distributions from a four hundred one k. Right. So why would you do the conversion? But now he's telling us that if you do a Roth conversion in Illinois, that's tax free as well. All right. There How you about go, that? Kenny. Like it. Granite City. <laughs> also, recently, John had inquired about performing a Roth. Who, who's John? Keep reading. You'll oh, remember this. Okay. Also, recent, uh, recently, John, I mean, are we now like all friends? Yes. Yeah, of course. Is that what's going on here? Got it's it. A, it's a kumbaya It's a YMYW situation. community. Got it. Got it. Also, recently, John had inquired about performing a Roth conversion on behalf of his wife. You informed him he cannot do so. All right. However... If John's wife were to perform a Roth conversion, John could pay the tax on behalf of her 
Absolutely. Happy late Valentine's Day, John. You were saying about how the Roth conversion for her would be good for a Valentine's Day gift. Yeah, oh, I love it. Oh, how about that? All right. Thanks again for all the great information. Investors need relevant current information in regards to strategy and in situation like the past three weeks. I can't just sit and wait for Robert Kiyosaki's next book. I need YMYW. Yeah, and we do it weekly. Yeah. It's not once a year. All right, Kenny. Hopefully that helps. Um, I like where you're at. I think, you know, you it, it's time to make lemonade out of lemons. You know, when the market is scary and it's there's some turmoil and, you know, you see these point drops of, you know, 1,000, 2,000. Yes. I mean, what the hell is going on with that? Stra- strange times. But as you say, Joe, regardless of the market, there are strategies. And, uh, Kenny, you've identified a couple really good ones. Doing your Roth conversions now, getting the future growth, the recovery in the Roth, wonderful. Right. Tax less harvesting, absolutely. Everyone should be looking at that right now. And by the way, tax less harvesting, you can't get too much. It's not like you have to just get enough to cover your gains this year. Get as much as you can because it carries over for the rest of your life. Yes. So, and then when you get all your tax strategies done, just don't look at your statement for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, say, I've done my tax planning. I got the strategy in line. I'm retiring, not today. Right. I'm retiring in a couple of years from now. Or if you are retired today and you don't necessarily have a strategy to create the income, right, then now you have to start tweaking some stuff. Yeah. Because if you were all in equities, and now you start taking dollars and selling stocks in times like this. This is why retirement income strategies are, are very important. So that's what we preach here on YMYW. Um, Alan, I got an issue an apology. Apparently. Yeah. Um, we had a, a, a listener write in. Daryl from Ohio. Daryl. Our good friend Daryl and yeah. his other brother Daryl. Right. Right? Is oh, that yeah. the right Daryl? Larry, Daryl, oh, and Daryl. Larry, yes. Daryl, and Daryl. I do remember that name. Right? And he said something about a colleague of ours or things like that from a Heritage. A peer. Yeah. Right? From um, Heritage Wealth Planning. And there's this, um, I I don't want to, I, I always put my foot in my mouth. There's another firm that's Heritage, and maybe I got confused. I don't know, Josh. And he did this YouTube video about uh, us. Oh, it, oh, I thought it was awesome. It was great. What? 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 what can you play some? Whoa! To the your money, your wealth guys, Big Al and Joe just said they don't care for me. What? Man, man, guys, why would you do that to old Josh? I didn't do anything to you. And you, you were right, Josh. And I apologize. <laughs> yeah. I find your content very good, amusing. Um, and on point. And I would say, after watching your YouTube video, where you're kind of dissing me about my knowledge. Of yeah, you don't know anything about, about ETFs. Taxes, apparently that. <laughs> you're, you are an idiot, and I'm a, a jerk. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I got from that YouTube. I, I probably, well, which is pretty true. I, I probably, Josh, I probably know a couple more things than you give me credit for. But <laughs> nevertheless, I don't know everything. But <laughs> anyway, so I think we tried to answer the question on pretty limited information. <laughs> is what I recall. But uh, you, watching your YouTube uh, video, I think I, I agreed with a lot of what you said, except I sort of disagreed with some of your asset classes in the Roth versus the, the trust account versus the IRA. But basically, I agreed with most of the rest of it. Well, like, else, like I'm just giving them a critique. I thought, you know. Well, he just critiqued me, so I'm going to critique him. Oh, back. Uh, this Josh, is going to go on forever. I know. It's we're fine. Gonna, we're, yeah, it's, it's all cool. Josh, uh, thank you for the video. Yes, and um, check them out. Where do, where can they find them? They can find them on YouTube. Just search for Heritage Wealth Planning. All right, Heritage Wealth Planning. So, um, again, please accept our apologies, Josh. Keep up the good work. Keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, agreed. 
thank you to all the commenters on Josh's YMYW YouTube video. Unfortunately, our compliance department doesn't allow us to have comments on our YouTube channel, but that doesn't mean you can't subscribe to us on YouTube, listen to the podcast there, learn from our financial advisors, and catch new episodes of the Your Money, Your Wealth TV show. Season six will be getting underway very soon. Speaking of learning from our financial advisors, one of our heaviest hitters, and he loves it when I call him that, our director of research, Brian Perry, CFP, CFA, has done a comprehensive video guide on bear markets, what they are, the history and statistics of previous bear markets and their recoveries, the relationship between bear markets and recessions, and more bear market investing strategies. Watch the entire video guide in the podcast show notes. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app or on a desktop computer. Just visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click listen to podcasts to get there. Now, by popular demand, let's go over those Roth withdrawal five-year clocks one more time. Tom from Phoenix. He goes, hi, got the following from Ed Slot, and I'm more confused. I listened to your podcast and thought that I understood that each Roth conversion had its own five-year rule. The way I read this is that only the first conversion would satisfy the five-year rule for withdrawals. Thanks. Um, all right. Five-year clock. <laughs> this is complicated. So <clears throat> the first conversion would satisfy the five-year clock on a conversion if you're over 59 and a half. Yeah, see, that's the key that everyone misses. There's two five-year clocks. There's three. Yeah. There's actually three five-year clocks, okay? So there's a five-year clock on contribution. So if all of you that have a Roth, we're getting more five-year clock questions than ever before. Yeah, because it's confusing. So let's do this one more time. You ready, Al? Yeah. Hopefully, I can simplify the hell out of it. Dazzle me, and then I'll try to help translate Okay, if you go too deep. Okay, contributions. If I make a Roth IRA contribution, so I put money into a Roth, the money grows tax-free. I have full access to the contribution at any time, any age. There is no five-year clock on the contribution. We all agree with that? Right. So don't worry about it. If you want to make a contribution, the money is available to you the next day. No harm, no foul. Not the growth. Not the growth. But the basis. You put in $4,000 into your Roth IRA, Mm -hmm. you can pull it out the next day, even at age 25. Yep. Now, that $4,000 grows to $40,000. Okay. It went up 10 times. It went 10 times. Really good investment. Really good investment. Yeah. Um, So, you have to wait five years or 59 and a half, whichever is longer to have access to the growth of a Roth IRA contribution. Okay, so I'm 25 years old. I put 4000 in. I hit it big. I got a 10-bagger. Stock, <laughs> stock went up 10 times. <laughs> you like that term? 10-bagger. 10-bagger, 40000 yep. So, So I can pull the 4000 out next year or next week. Doesn't, doesn't matter. But I got to wait till 59 and a half to take the, all that growth because it's the longer of five years or 59 and a half. Correct. Yeah. All right. Okay. Are we all on the same page? Is that pretty? Yep. Pretty st- okay, good. Yep. All right. You haven't confused anybody yet. All right. Now let's go into conversions. Okay. All right. Let's talk about after 59 and a half. Okay. All like right. It. So we're that, older it- than 59 and a half. So I'm going to convert, and I do not have a Roth IRA. There's never been a Roth IRA established. No contribution, no conversion, no Roth IRA at all. At all. I convert. I have to wait 
five years for the earnings. Okay. I have full access to the converted amount. Immediately. Immediately. So I can, It's just like a contribution. So I convert $30,000. Yep. Okay. You're saying the next day I can pull out 30000 Correct. No problem. Up. If you're over 59 and a half. Right. So my one-day investment went up 10 times. <laughs> 10 baggers. Wow. So 10 baggers. So that's worth 300000 Yeah. I got to wait. I gotta wait five years to pull that extra two hundred whatever yep. thousand. So you're fifty nine and a half, you have to wait till you're sixty four and a half. Yeah. To have access to the earnings if you have never established a Roth IRA before ever. So what if I did a one dollar Roth contribution when I was twenty? Okay. So then you do a conversion after fifty nine and a half. Yep. Your five year clock is satisfied. So I can pull out my extra Two hundred seventy thousand. Yes, you have full access to all dollars. Yeah, you have a Roth IRA that you've established over five years, right? It was a contribution. Yeah, fifty nine and a half. You do a conversion. The next day, ten bagger. Right, right. It's up X. You have access to all of your money because of the first contribution that you've made. You already had a Roth established. The five-year clock is satisfied. So so it's like everybody should have at least a dollar in a Roth just to start the five-year clock. Yes. Here is the massive confusion. Yes. Okay. That all makes sense. Doesn't that all make yep. sense? Yes. Okay. So now here's the biggest twist. So here's the third five-year clock. Yeah. Is if you convert money from a retirement account prior to 59 and a half, then each conversion you have... <laughs> Has its own five year clock until you reach the age fifty nine and a half. Yes, and that's that's right along the lines with when you're penalized on taking money out or not. So if you think about it, if I pull money out of an IRA prior to fifty nine and a half and spend it, what happens? You gotta pay tax and a ten percent penalty. Ten percent penalty, pay taxes on the dollars. So if I do a conversion under fifty nine and a half. I pay tax, but I avoid that penalty, right? Because I put it in a retirement account. But what the IRS is saying to us is that you have to hold that money in until you turn 59 and a half or five years because people were taking the money out the next day to avoid that 10% penalty. Yeah. So I was, uh, I needed $20,000 to buy a car. Yep. So I converted $20,000 from my IRA to my Roth. Yep, and then the next day I pulled that out. Well, I paid tax on the twenty. I, I get it, but there's no penalty out of a Roth. Yeah, you didn't. Have, you avoided the ten percent right. penalty from the feds and whatever right. from the state of California. But IRS said no, you can't do that. Right, the first year, the first couple of years, I forget when they put th- th- that law in. So under fifty nine and a half, just remember each conversion has its own five year clock until you turn fifty nine and a half. And if you think about if you think about it, they're just trying. For people to screw the system, right? For lack of a better word. Yeah. Try to find a loophole. Yes. Is that a better way to say it? All right. I'm going to screw this whole thing up and throw a wrench into it. I have a question. Yes. If somebody opens a Roth when they're 20. Okay. And then closes it. It's fine. So it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. You already have the Roth. So the five-year clock has been running even if you close it. And I'm not giving advice here. And do not quote me on this. And I'm not a tax expert. Please consult your tax advisor and your IRS agent. <laughs> your friendly IRS agent that you see every other Saturday. Um, uh, but I'm, he, I'm not a, I'm not 100% sure on that I'm one. I'm 95%. Okay. I'm 95%. <laughs> 
If I have, if if you can have proof that you had an IRA, a Roth IRA established, even though it was closed, it was established. Um, in my humble my, personal opinion, yeah, it's just this your, is opinion. It's just your opinion. Yeah, I'm not okay. gonna go. I'm not gonna go to. Um, Don't take it to the bank. <laughs> I'm not gonna go to court. No. I'd stand up for you here. <laughs> yeah, I've judged. This is my. This is my thought. I thought. I thought that's how it worked. I'm just a <laughs> podcast guy. Um, so I, I don't know. Was that clear enough? Do you think was that better? Well, I I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the clearest you've ever been on. I thought I'm, so. I'm looking yeah. at what Ed Slot said, and it seems to jive with what you guys said. So well, we didn't have to read Ed Slot. We know exactly what the problem is. Right. Joe has talked about this in every class he ever teaches, and you've had people come up to you say you're wrong. Yeah, it's like, I'm not wrong. There's a different rule <laughs> when you're under fifty nine and a half and over fifty nine. Right. And a half. It gets confusing because, but then if you just think logically. Um, if I have a retirement account and I take the money out prior to 59 and a half, right, you get a 10% penalty. So if you think if I'm doing a conversion prior to 59 and a half, they want me to hold on to the money. I don't have access to the principal until I'm turned 59 and a half. Right? Yeah, that's, that's the whole point. They don't want you pulling your retirement money out early. They want right. it to be for retirement. Yeah. And if it's a conversion, because some people will say, well, you know what? I already paid the tax on it. It's in a Roth, whatever. Let me pull it out and buy whatever, right? And so it's just trying to hold on and, you know, get five years after five years, you know, they'll, you know, hopefully you, you found funds in a, in an other area. Right. Right. So. But I mean, you think about it, the reason why a contribution, you can put your contribution in, in my example of $4,000 and then you pull it out the next day, you're not penalized. You already paid taxes on that and there is no possibility of a penalty, right? Yeah, because it's your money. Yeah, it's your money. Yeah, that where that's different when you do a conversion and you're right. under fifty nine and a half, it, you you basically could avoid the penalty if they didn't have this five year clock rule for each conversion. Right. So each Roth IRA conversion under fifty nine and a half has its own five year clock until you turn fifty nine and a half, and then it doesn't matter because you're not avoiding the ten percent penalty anymore because you're over fifty nine and a half. So it's like, you know, you get questions, man, I've been doing conversions each year. I got to go back and track all that. And how do I get, do I have separate account? I'm like, how old are you? 60. Who cares? <laughs> Don't worry about it. You're old enough. You're Doesn't fine. Matter. You're an old man. <laughs> Is that what you say? No. No. You you're very it, young. You man. think it though. Yeah. Well, no, when you're, when you're 80, oh, that's, that's when you're getting older. That's when you're getting older. Yes. I'm going to answer another question here, Alan. Okay. From our good friend, Rob, who works in Hollywood. Hey, as always, love your show. Andy, Joan, Big Al, but very important. I just found out something about Roth conversions that I've never heard you guys bring up about the five-year rule. Don't we talk about the five-year rule I, I often? every other week. <laughs> it's like, Rob, what the How hell are you doing? How much more is there to talk about? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, I saw that there were actually three five-year rules, and one of them is that when you do a Roth conversion, not contribution, the five-year waiting period doesn't start from the first time you open the Roth, but rather every time you convert. That conversion has to wait five years on its own. This is not the same as the five-year rule for contributions directly to a Roth, which starts from the calendar year that you first contributed, no matter how many Roth contribution amounts that you have. Accounts that you have. How come? This rule has never been mentioned by you guys. Makes a huge difference <laughs> in what I want to do with my traditional IRA money from year to year. God, Rob is like angry. He's a little mad. Yes. Or, or how much 
that I may want to do with each conversion. The third five-year rule had to do with inheriting a Roth IRA and have to wait for the deceased five years. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I read this on Nerd Wallet. We covered this in podcast 255. So, but give him a give him a, a little summary, Rob. You're really good at these five-year <laughs> Rob. Rules. We would never let you down, my friend. Yes, you. There's two things you have to consider: if you're under 59 and a half or over 59 and a half. If you're under 59 and a half, each conversion has its own five-year clock until you reach age 59 and a half. Is that clear? Yeah, sort of. It's it's <laughs> the five-year clock is for the basis part. You can pull that out before age 59 and a half, right? But the earnings you got to wait till 59 and a half. No. Wrong. Each conversion has its own five-year clock. If you convert an IRA to a Roth IRA under 59 and a half, each conversion has a five-year clock for you to touch the money. Yeah, isn't that what I just said? No, you said you could take the conversion out, but not the earnings. Yeah, after the five years for each conversion. After the five years. Yeah. If you're under 50. No, I thought you said something Roll, Roll back the tape. So, Rob, I think we've, we've talked on this podcast many a times. Yeah. And I think his strategy is to convert to Roth IRAs, but I don't think he's planning on retiring under 59 and a half. And so if that's the case, then don't worry about it. You're getting too much in the weeds because they don't want people to avoid the 10% penalty. So if you are going to retire before 59 and a half, it's a great strategy because then if you have a lot of these Roth conversions that now you can pull out with no penalty, right? Because otherwise, if you kept them in the IRA... But then you're paying a 10% penalty penalty on the earnings. Yeah, if you pull it all out. So we're we're on totally opposite pages here. (laughs) It's an awful strategy if you're planning on retiring before 59 and a half. Why? The whole purpose of a Roth IRA is tax-free growth. What I'm not to shortcut the, the IRS by converting, waiting five years, and taking your principal out. What if you're going to retire at 40? And so you start doing I can. this at age I'm going to retire right now. Yeah. This show sucks. You, you, you start doing this at age 30. <laughs> so by age 35, and certainly by age 40, you have five different conversions. Well, but they don't have any money. What it, are you converting? And now you're 40, and you're going to live until 100. Yeah, but see, uh, on your on your yeah. conversion amount, you're, you're, you're apparently we're not on the same wavelength. <laughs> that what I'm suggesting is, if you need that money, if you leave it in the IRA and don't convert, then if you pull it out at age 40, you're going to pay taxes and penalty. Okay. If you've been converting it periodically over time at All age right. 40, you can pull out the conversion amount as long as it's been in there five years without at least paying the penalty. No, I'm I'm with you. Uh, otherwise, you do a 72T election, and that's your only choice of getting money out of the IRA without a penalty. I agree. However, I believe. I, but, but this is for retirement planning, not for like, hey, if I'm in a jam, right? get a loan. Don't take it from the Roth, especially the Roth conversion that you did at age 35 or 40. But you're talking about retiring at 40. That's that's right. That's the only reason you'd want to do this. <laughs> Otherwise, it, who cares? <laughs> I agree with that. Because after 59 and a half, the whole each conversion has its own five-year clock is off the table. It doesn't matter. Because if you did one conversion... And then you did multiple conversions, and then you turn 59 and a half, and you're like, oh, I did this conversion at age 58. I can't touch it until I'm 63. That's not true. 
Yeah. You can touch it at 59 and a half because they it you were under 59 and a half, but once you're over 59 and a half, you're it's all fair all game. Right. I agree with that. All right. We got Ricky. Ricky's calling in from Alabama. Uh, great and entertaining show each week in Alabama, but a big season ticket holder for LSU. What the hell are you that's doing? It's a wrong state. Yeah, I, you know, I'm a University of Florida grad, Ricky, so I might just end this um, <laughs> question right now. Uh, so he's like playing both sides here. Sure. You know, Alabama, but a big LSU Tigers fan. Um, now on Roth conversion. Let's presume that I conversion is done in 2021, 2022, and 2023 to not jump tax brackets. Uh, what can I withdraw in 2026? Just the money and earnings from 2021 or any amount? Thanks. Ricky, great question. So this is kind of the five-year clock rule again is what he's getting at. One piece of information that we would need, Ricky, is how old you are. If you are over 59 and a half and you have never done a Roth IRA conversion or contribution, 2021 would start your five-year clock for all future conversions and contributions. If you are under 59 and a half, all right, then each of your conversions would have its own five-year clock until you reach 59 and a half. And then you would only be allowed to take the conversion amount out, not the earnings, until you turn 59 and a half. Clears mud. Does that make sense? It gets clearer every time you do it. Right. <laughs> see, that's a that's practice a, that's, makes perfect. That's a gator right there. It's, that's a Florida yeah, gator and, and education. That, see, that's the, I think one of the big keys. Are you over 59 and a half or, or under. under? Because they're different rules. Right. You got to take it's like a, a schematic. Right. You, you do, because then there's different contribution rules versus conversion rules. So let's say Ricky did a Roth IRA contribution five years ago, and he's over 59 and a half, and he does a conversion, or maybe right, maybe he's 57. How about okay. that? All right. So he does one in 2021 when he's 57, 2022 when he's 58, 2023 when he's 59. Okay. So then he's just got to wait till he's 59 and a half. Right. And then all of it's all good. On the on the conversion part, not- uh, uh, no, because he's over fifty nine and a half. It's been five years, yeah, and so everything is available. Oh, I thought the first one was at fifty seven. You're saying he had one already? If he yeah, if he had a Roth IRA contribution already. Okay, got it, got it. Just clarifying. Okay, now it's clear to me, barely. <laughs> all right, hopefully that helps, Ricky. If you missed it, you can catch the episode that started it all, number 255, breaking down the confusing five-year Roth clock rules in the podcast show notes, or just search for it in your podcast app. We'll have a handy cheat sheet on these five-year withdrawal rules very shortly, so if you're visual like me and you need to see it all broken down on paper, subscribe to the podcast newsletter and you'll be notified as soon as it is available. If you still have questions, I wouldn't blame you. Click the Ask Joe and Al on air banner to send in an email or a voice message and the fellows will answer right here on the show. How do you get to the previous episodes, subscribe to the newsletter, and send in your questions? The podcast show notes is where it's at. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app or visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click listen to podcasts to see show notes from every episode. Now let's hear one of those voice messages. So let's go to Joan from Terry's Santa. Andy, Joe, and Big Al, you are all great and make my day. This is Joan from Tierra Santa here in San Diego. Love your show. Never thought I would write in, but we are in a pickle. Ooh, boy. Don't like to be in a pickle. It's an emergency. Oh, boy. We should have read this one first. Yes. So we have a Roth IRA and ended up pulling out some of the money. We are younger than 55. I'm married. 
So it's the two of us, husband, me. We have owned the Roth IRA more than five years, and we have never pulled out money before, and we did withdraw a lump sum. Okay, a couple things. We only went through the five-year clock. Yep. So contributions are 100% available, no questions asked. Five years does mean nothing because they're 55. Yeah. So you make contributions. It's five years or 59 and a half, whichever is longer. But if they are contributions, she has full access to them. We assume too late that the investment company knew how much we had contributed over the years. They don't. I think it's because we rolled it from one investment company to another and closed the first account. When we called the first people, they had no record of the account. Now, I read online that the IRS is notified about Roth contributions. That's Form 5906, I believe. Um, 5928? <laughs> I think it's 6,000. Yeah, maybe. 50, I, I forget. 5498. 5498. Oh. So close. You were close. I know. But I also read we're responsible for tracking them ourselves. Crap. And before you ask, the old tax returns I have show nothing, including zero old forms stashed in the old folders from the investment company. So do we have to pay not only the income tax, but also the 10% penalty for this entire withdrawal? We know some was the initial contributions. Can we guess? What proof does the IRS accept or require? And can the IRS tell us how much we contributed? Your show is wonderful. Keep up the great work. And I really look forward to hearing your reply. Thanks. Bye. Um, all right, Joan. It's not as bad as you might think, but I don't know how big of a lump sum you took. Yeah, true. And how long they have been contributing to Roth IRAs. Yeah, so let, let me give you, Joan, here's my thoughts as a CPA, is take your best guess. guess. Like you said, you know some contributions, and just start a little Excel spreadsheet or something of year by year. Put down, first of all, what you know. And so that's a for sure thing, right? Okay. It's not going to, first of all, it's not going to be on your tax return. No. Because you never took a deduction. No, and, and actually the custodians don't necessarily have to keep track of that anyway, so let's not throw them too much under the bus. But but the thing is, the years that you, you probably put some contributions in and you're not sure, just make your best guess. Right. And and go with that. Here, here I'll give you a little tip. Hopefully the IRS isn't listening. They don't have a lot of resources to check this stuff. So don't go crazy. I mean, really try to do this accurately, as accurately as you can, and have reasons why you came up with the dollar amounts that you came up with. And then once you've done, once you've done that analysis, put it in a drawer somewhere, and that's your number. And then as you add more contributions to it, keep track of that. Because it's FIFO tax treatment, first in, first out. So let's just assume, Joan, you took out $30,000, but you've been making Roth IRA contributions since 1997. And they started out at $1,600, and they went to $2,000, then they went to $2,500, then they went to $3,000, $3,500, $5,000, on. And so you add up all of your contributions over the years, and you're like, you know what? We probably put in about $30,000 of contributions. And we have growth here because we pulled $30,000 out. The account balance is about sixty dollars because it doubled over the last, let's say, 20 years and so on. And so from there, the $30,000 that you pulled out would match your contributions, so taxes owed would be zero. If, let's say, the, you figured out your contributions was $20,000, well, then you would have to pay tax and penalties on the 10. So it's not going to be on the entire amount. You need to figure out roughly, if it's a lump sum, 
The Roth IRAs hasn't been around for 50 years, so you know, and you can only put a couple of dollars in. If you said you converted a bunch too, then it could get a little bit more complex. Um, but hopefully that helps because I don't think it's going to be as bad as she thinks. Yeah, and, and a lot of people don't really know what FIFO tax treatment is, but basically it just means your contributions that come out tax-free, you get those first. And so whatever the earnings and growth is, that comes out second. So you, all your contributions come out first. And so that's a perfect example. You took out $30,000 and you determined your contributions were 20. So the first 20 is tax free. It's only that extra difference, the growth, since you're not 59 and a half, that's taxed and penalized. Right. So when you do your taxes, um, you would say, all right, well, 20,000 was basis, tax free, $10,000 pay taxes and penalties on. Yeah. Now, some people put in, let's say, $6,000 a year for three years. They got $18,000 in. It's grown to twenty. They have some kind of financial emergency. They pull out fifteen. That whole fifteen is tax-free, penalty-free, because it's less than your basis. Original basis. Yeah. So, all right. There you go, Joan. Uh, Cheatham. I remember him. Give us a terrible review. Said we sucked. And And then took it back. (laughs) It was like, oh, my bad. (laughs) I was thinking of another show. Yeah. I yeah because we'd like to read the negative reviews. Like yeah, we giggle too much and we got yeah. annoying voices. We and, do, you know, especially you. <laughs> I, but my voice is awful. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, I try to switch it up every now and again. Yeah, I try to go a little bit deeper. Yeah, like that, that. that's that's better. <laughs> this I, I like that. <laughs> that matches mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So I, I all the time people come up to me and say, you got a you got a great good radio voice. Yeah. Do you get that? Never. <laughs> Never. Does anybody tell you you guys have faces for radio? Yeah. Yes, all the time. Yeah. That's a good one, Andy. Yeah. We used to say that. I never heard that one before. We used to say that until we started doing a TV show. Yeah. Then I guess we upgraded somehow. (laughs) We wore makeup. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway. No lipstick, though. It's it's coming in from Louisville, uh, Kentucky. So, um, oh, we found that out from um, Andy's secret. so we you ask people for their phone number on the form, and so I go based on the area. Yeah, we're not going to call you. <laughs> we we might. just like to know where you're from. That's kind of the, the 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 rules of our show that we'd like to know. Then we can talk about, you know. Then it, yeah. it gets people in the mood because when I start reading the question, they're going to be thinking about like Kentucky bourbon, right? That's what I'm thinking about right now. I'm thinking about a baseball bat. That's what I was thinking too, and I'm not even into sports, yeah. so. Huh. Okay. Well, that Lou, shows Louisville you, Slugger. That shows you kind of our differences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah. I, I know what you think about. Got it. Joe and Al, I'm a regular listener um, of your podcast. You both, combined with Andy, make it very interesting and informational. Good job. My question is about after-tax contributions. My wife's employer allows for after-tax 401k contributions. This is separate from Roth 401k, which I'm aware of. My plan is to contribute to after-tax 401k and roll this over to a Roth IRA when she eventually leaves the employer. Employer does not allow in-service rollover at this point. Since she already has some traditional IRAs as of now, will there be any consequences like the pro rata rule for backdoor Roth? Do existing IRA balance affect my plan after-tax 401k rollover to Roth? Please educate me on this. Great show every Tuesday. Kudos to you and the team. Uh, Well, thank you, Cheatham. Uh, no, there's no pro rata rules because they're two separate accounts, right? You got an IRA 
that's under one tax line. You got Section 401k, which is under something completely different. So yeah, but that is confusing. So any IRA needs to be aggregated as if it were one IRA. But that rule does not count when it's a 401k or a 403b, for example. You could have multiple 401k accounts with multiple after-tax contributions in it, and there's no pro rata rule. Correct. Agreed. Yep. It's only in the IRA world. Correct. And I would double check the in-service because. Most cases, Cheatham, after tax dollars are always not always. What's what's um, <laughs> often often usually often commonly. available. Um, maybe she, she doesn't have access to the full amount, right? Just but the after tax dollars are often available to put into a Roth. Yeah, and the sooner you that she can do it, the better, because then all the future growth in the Roth is tax free. So for those of you that have after-tax contributions in a 401k plan or have the ability to put after-tax contributions into a 401k plan, um, our advice is always to take a look and in, in potentially encourage for individuals to do that uh, because then you can take those after-tax contributions and directly convert those into a Roth like Cheatham is asking us. Yeah, what, what do they call that? A mega Roth that, that, That's Roth a big, big-ass back door. It's a barn door. <laughs> It's a barn door. It's a barn door. Okay. Yeah, it's a barn door conversion. All right. Uh, not a back door. It's barn door. A barn door Roth. Um, so, yeah, double check that because so she could put money after tax, those dollars stay in the 401k plan, and then you convert those directly into the Roth. So you could put up to around 50 some odd thousand dollars um, into a defined contribution plan. So she could do a Roth IRA uh, or Roth 401k. Right up to the max, and then she could put double that just about of after-tax contributions, take the after-tax contributions and convert them. Or if the plan truly doesn't allow an in-service distribution on those after-tax dollars, um, which I've never seen, but I've never practiced in Kentucky, so I'm not sure what employer she works at, but it's a great strategy. Um, he listens to a lot of podcasts because I think he got us confused with some other yeah. yeah. All right. Hopefully the pressure was on because I want to hopefully give a nice (laughs) comment. (laughs) I wouldn't hold your breath. Right now. Thank you, Cheatham, and everyone else for listening today and every week. We appreciate the fact that you keep coming back to laugh with us and hopefully to learn a little something along the way. We've got plenty of derails at the end of today's episode, whether you love them or hate them, which, you know, Joe kind of likes it that way. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the free assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and sign up for a no-cost, no-obligation, two-meeting assessment with a certified financial planner from Pure. And you know, you can do those free assessments via video web meetings, so no Nobody gets any cooties. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Everyone complains about how terrible of a reader I am. If they would just send us a... a, a um, I think you read really well. Thank you, Val. I think it's hilarious when you read. Yeah, I think uh, I think you've improved dramatically over those last. <laughs> but then his eyesight has gotten years. worse. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I and I love I love your commentary and I, some of the words you miss and it just makes it more interesting. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, sometimes and, and, it gets me into trouble. Sometimes and, and, it's, it's, it's for a laugh. And in your defense, sometimes these aren't written grammatically correct, <laughs> and you're trying to interpret them as you go, right? Yeah. So it's yeah, I think I'm just want I'm, everyone to feel like they're. 
You know how I it's when we do this podcast, right? I it's like we're just hanging out talking. Yeah. And I forget that other people like listen to this stuff. <laughs> Right, right. You know, and then sometimes you say things, and then you know, yeah, then we're, other we're, people we're just like, having a chat. Yeah, we're just no, you know, no, just no, us no, three hanging no, out, listening. Right? I know. I mean, like four or five people. We got Daryl and his <laughs> other brother, Daryl. Right now, we know Josh. You know, Josh. Yeah, he's he's scoping us out. Yeah. So sometimes you forget, right, that there could be more than four people listening to the program. Right. And so you, you get carried away, and then you kind of go off on tangents and so on. It so. seems like people like that about us, though. All right. Well. Some like it and some hate yeah. it. <laughs> we, well, you're right about that. Yeah. More like it than you not. You giggle like children. Yeah. So we haven't got a one-star review in quite some time. Got a two-star, though. Yeah, that's Josh, probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Heritage. And that's okay. <laughs> I mean, we we welcome all reviews. We, yes. I'll take a zero, just if you're doing something. Yeah, you know, just give us some feedback. Yeah. We talked about him, like there's a brewery or something. Right? No, you made that up. Oh. <laughs> You were hoping for a brewery so you could go visit Kenny and drink. I, I'm going to guess. I'm going to go out on a limb. I bet there's a brewery. I can't oh, sure. City. We're going to go see yeah. Kenny. Yeah, right. Actually, um, I remember the Granite City Brewery is in uh, Minnesota. Not in Illinois. Hmm. But they probably have a Granite City Brewery in Granite City. I, I, would I think. guarantee they will. Yeah. If not, there's probably Coors Light. Helping out a little fellow neighbor from Terry, Terry Santa. Terra Santa. Terra Santa. Tierra, Tierra San. I could never live there. Remember how you could never. Remember how you used to say Cuyamaca? It's Cuyamaca. You used to say Cuyamaca. Cuyamaca. You used to say Cuy. Cuy. Cuyamaca. Or Qualcomm. You know, talking about Roth, we talk about Roth IRAs a lot. It seems on the show. You think? And the Roth brothers. My uh, wow. there's a, a, a gentleman that goes to my church. Yeah. Who every time I see him, he calls me the same thing, and he knows my name because I know. Yeah. No, he he says Dr. Roth, Dr. Roth. Wow, Dr. Dr. Roth. Roth. And I just saw him last Sunday. He said, uh, Dr. Roth and Mrs. Dr. Roth, and Ann said, What what what, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> talking about. Um, so do you want us to call you Dr. Roth now? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Big Al? No, yes. Slash Dr. Roth? No, I don't need the Dr. Roth. You just love nicknames for yourself. Dr. Big Al Roth. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh. like, it's like you get the doctor in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, Dr. Uh, YMYW.com. I'm Alan. No, it's yourmoneyyourwealth.com. If oh. you go to YMYW, it's something completely different. Well, don't go there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Good boy. Never tried. I was on there for a while. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Took me a, yep. an hour to figure out the wrong thing. Yes. <laughs>